For once. For once, and the only time it ever will be. The one and only time this is ever set up properly. Yeah. It's fascinating, really, that that, I, that that even happened. I don't know how to handle that. Like, I feel like it doesn't bode well for us. You think that this is going to be like a cursed, uh, cursed recording because of this? I mean, we've already had one cursed recording that just completely got deleted. That was a that was didn't a exist. Cursed post processing. Simply saving was our issue. There. I mean, I mean, yeah, it was. That was a rough week. That was a rough week. Really, all my weeks were rough because uh-huh. I do not moisturize properly. You, uh, I mean, and it's winter, so you know it's winter. Very very arid season. In the greater Cincinnati area. Yeah. I've actually sure. had not had too much issue with uh, dry skin recently. Like, usually my knuckles will get really uh, torn up. Maybe it's because I don't go outside because I don't even have to, like, drive to work. Yeah, uh, well, I'm kind of surprised I haven't gotten my yearly winter nosebleed yet. Because mm. oftentimes, because of the arid nature of our environment... I almost always, every winter, get, like, a really bad nosebleed once. Okay. You know? Uh, nine times out of ten while I'm driving. Mm. Extremely, exceptionally inconvenient. Uh, I've once had it while I was sleeping, and I woke up with blood all over the place. It was disgusting. Yep. But, uh, see, I, I live a life of nosebleeds. Less so as an adult, but yes, as a child. Yeah. I once went and stayed in Illinois for uh, two weeks, and I had 28 nosebleeds. 28 in I, a week? I had I, uh, two weeks. I had two each day. I am very allergic to Illinois. I mean, I think most people are in some respects. You know. Shout out to Illinois. If you're from Illinois. Shout out to Illinois. If you're from Illinois, um, say hi. Find a better place to live. We recommend here. I mean. Over Illinois. Over Illinois. I mean, mean, I'd recommend recommend the the wilderness of Alaska over Illinois, but you know, that's... I mean, if you're uh, you're a really rugged sort of mountain person, probably probably really enjoy the Alaskan wilderness. I feel like I embody the mountain, like, hiker, like, lumberjack aesthetic, Mm. uh, but I'm very not any of that. I think that's mostly just because I am large with a beard. Mm. I was going to say you embody beat-ups. I do embody B-dubs. I enjoyed some B-dubs today. It was quite lovely. Yes. It was quite lovely. So, yeah, this is episode eight. So eight. Exciting. Episode eight. I've been doing this for a podcast. This is our first four, time. Oh, I was going to say we're doing this for four months now. Four months. Four months? Four Happy four-month month anniversary, I guess. Uh, that's not an anniversary that I'm going to okay. celebrate in any way, shape, or form. All right. Thankfully, this is our first recording of this episode. If yes. you listen to last week's episode, um, it was also 100% the first time we recorded it. Yes. We totally not, not a, a makeup not sesh. Not to do that again. No, no. Totally yeah. authentic. It was, it was something. Uh, we, were, we, we talked last week about uh, the 2022 releases of Dungeons & Dragons books, as well as the Tal'Dorei Reborn campaign setting from... Critical Role, Darrington Press. Uh, We actually physically have the book, and uh, as a little, like, addendum to last week's episode, this book is chonky. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a thick boy book. Like, we were expecting, the the old one is slightly thicker than, like, maybe the player's handbook or right around there. This one's almost, like, one and a half times the size of the PHP. This... This is a very large book, and part of it, part of it is it's got some really nice thick cardstock mm-hmm. on the pages. It's very nice. It's got a nice hardcover, but I mean, this is a 
Man, it looks good. <laughs> it does. It looks, it looks really good. It is It it's is nice. visually appealing. It is. It's got the nice ribbon bookmarker in there. It does. It's I don't know what, which page I want to ribbon bookmark, I'm if pretty, any. I, I know. I know. This week, we might want to ribbon bookmark the feats section, because we're going to be talking about... You see what I did? That was a... I see. That, that was, was a, a... That was a Segway. Yes. And not like a little a little two-wheel scooter that mall cops ride around on. I'm talking like a, a professional broadcasting segue mm. I, I didn't know those were a thing they aren't okay really this well just... I'm, the, the segue obviously exists both as the product and as the concept mm-hmm. of moving of transitioning from one, a transition yes. period of topic to topic but we've got a couple announcements first uh we, we we normally have a bunch of regularly scheduled bullshit yes um but i'm tired yeah, and we were uh, we were up late last night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as as you were viewing this, if you were viewing it on the day it is posted, it is one week after my birthday. As of we record, it is like three days before. And last night we we had a we had a gathering. Yes, game night. Gathering. There were alcoholic beverages consumed. Several several consum- consumption of beverages. Um, we played werewolf, not mm-hmm. the one night werewolf variety, but the proper original werewolf, which. Uh, if you if you enjoy running D and I think you would enjoy running Werewolf for your friends as well because you can kind of embellish that shit up. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. It's much much simpler, uh, but uh, yeah, still still requires a game master. Still still requires a game master indeed. I'd like to also point out we did also play the one white one night variety of Werewolf. Indeed, indeed, we don't we don't discriminate against the types of werewolves that we play with um, at all. No, really. Uh, announcements. Announcements. So far. Uh, we This is now February, of course, that we're recording. And as such, we have put out our second, uh, second, free, our pack. second free pack, a spell pack, uh, headed up by you this, this yes. time. This time, I'm pretty sure I did all the spells, I think. You did all of them, yes. Uh, you've, got a, you've got a big pack coming down the pipeline, either in March or April. I, with, think, I think it'll be April, maybe? With some more spells. Some more spells, yep. Some more spells. But this one, uh, if you like lightning damage uh very underutilized damage type in Dungeons and dragons fifth edition uh we got some we got some cool uh lightning spells we got a imagine this a lightning cantrip that doesn't require touch, touch yeah <laughs> isn't that weird like a lightning cantrip that you can just mm-hmm. chuck at someone that's weird surprising as never would never would have thought of that uh, a cool like little lightning sword and uh, if you, you know those investiture spells yeah. from Xanathar's. Mm-hmm. There's no investiture of lightning. Uh, and though I didn't call it investiture of lightning because I didn't want to draw the, draw the ire yes. of the Wizards of the Coast lawyer team. Mm-hmm. Legal team. Legal team. Um, it's an investiture of lightning spell. That's pretty dope. Uh, also a little, a nice little like gishy kind of uh, uh, chronomancy like sword spell, which I enjoy. And... Uh, a little, a little, uh, a little interrogation spell, a little, a little social interaction, kind of make it easier for yourself type of dealio. And Jester is playing with a bottle cap she while is. we record yet again. Uh, so far, already has had uh, thirty-three, I believe, downloads and a couple hundred page visits. So that's pretty cool. Our our magic item pack from last month is at about seventy-seven. So we're 
So we're at a hundred. We're at a hundred downloads total on our homebrew, which is pretty sick. I think this is uh, uh, more than we were expecting, to be honest. Uh, way with, more with the um, first two. With with how poorly uh, uh, our mobilization efforts to YouTube have been, mm-hmm. I was not expecting Drive Through RPG to be as successful as it is. Um, so we're definitely going to keep doing that every month. A pack of five magic items, spells, feats, monsters, um, maybe some counters down the road. Maybe uh, maybe a nice uh, moon patron since he works for us as yeah. we as we established at the end of last episode. Uh, the moon is under our employ. Yes. Uh, but we also have uh, a nice little uh, paid bit of homebrew that we're going to hopefully have out by the summer on blood magic. A nice little chonky thing. We got a lot of we got a lot of shit to parse through and actually like. Yeah, we got a lot of work to do, but uh, a lot of work to do. We're pretty pumped about it, and uh, we're, we're, I'm personally very excited because you know how I hate how underutilized the hit dice are. Yes, we're utilizing the hit dice quite a bit. Oh yeah. Okay. Blood, blood magic be like that. It do be like that sometimes. It do. Sometimes. It do. It do be like that. As per usual, you can find us on the TikTok at Dungeon Bros YT, on the YouTube at the Dungeon Bros. You can find us on Twitter at Dungeon Bros YT as well. Uh, you can join our Discord server, link in the bio of our YouTube video. If you're listening to a podcast service, I apologize. But uh, head over to one of the previously mentioned socials yes and go use the link tree from there you'll be able to find it starting to grow that that discord starting to grow just a little bit we got a we got a couple people we got a couple people that joined in this last last week um not in not since the last time we recorded um but they're cool they're a good time yeah uh if you ever want to ask us something for the podcast there's an entire channel dedicated to questions for the podcast on the discord server and of course, we do shoot our podcast live on TikTok. At which case, you can also put it in the comments there. Where we've got a we've got one I see so far that we'll answer at the end. Very good. Very uh, good. Before we do start, though, oh boy, I did get a question from one of our friends, uh, and I thought, well, oh, this this is a little bit of a of our bullshit idea. Oh boy. Or at least we'll turn it into that probably. Uh, it's from our buddy Salem, and he he said. If, oh, this one's actually kind of normal for him. If uh, common, if the you know because we are native English speakers, common mm. for us is English. What are the other languages? What are their their uh, what are their representations, or how do you view that? Like, if if you were to say, what is the? Uh, I guess it kind of goes down to what accent do you usually choose for certain languages? Oh boy. Um. I like to treat when I'm when I'm doing characters as a DM or as a player. I like to tie the accent to the race or regionality mm-hmm. that I'm playing. So, like a coastal human might be a bit more like Florida or Hawaii or uh, like Australian or something like that. Whereas, uh, like a high and mighty elf, a little, a little snobbish. Might be like those dirty, dirty lobster backs across mm. the sea. The Brits. The Brits. The Brits. The Brits. I mean, we fought our independence from them, so, you know. You Long gotta, time ago. You got to put them in your A place. lot of things have changed since then. I mean, we're a young country, relatively. Yeah. Well, a lot of things have changed. Um, we were born at some point. Yeah. Not sure when. That was That was a choice I'd, I, I don't know if I would have made, but, you know, that's... 
Look, um, right. somebody decided to bring you in this world. Somebody's going to decide to take you out. And I, whew, take me, take me to church, you know? No. I was going to try and do like a take me to church. I'll worship like a dog and the, the shine of your light yeah. kind of. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of fell apart there. So I'll decide whether or not I want to cut this out or not to preserve my own self-image. You won't. You can tell me what to do. I edit it. I, I, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm <laughs> predicting what you will do. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I yeah, I tie it. I tie it to races because the way I see it, um, in in whether or not you agree with this or not, English is really kind of becoming the language of the world slowly. In Japan, one of the most homogenous societies in the world. Everyone has to learn English at some point. And if you're in Europe, you need to know English. If you're in North America, you need to know English. If you're in South America, Central America, you need to know English. If you're in many parts of Asia, like uh, Western Asia, you need to know English. South Africa is English. Like there's a lot of English is everywhere. And so I like to imagine that common is everywhere. And that would also mean an interesting little note here. There might be people in your world that don't know common. Mm-hmm. Like there are people in the world that don't know English. And that would and that would create a very interesting dynamic of... Because obviously you have like fey beings and dryads that all speak like weird languages that aren't common. And they mm-hmm. might choose not to speak common. Um, but coming across just like a farmer that like might be a half-orc and only knows orcish... Or or a gnome society that really only a city that really only speaks gnomish and there's only a couple people that know like a couple random words in common. Mm-hmm. It, it, could, it could make for some interesting encounters. I think, hundred percent. Oh yeah, I like uh, to even add uh, go as far as uh, the um, what do you call it? Like the regional, like you said, regionality. But like, because uh, we have here, we have you know English. And there's and there's German, but then uh, we see that it's a little bit in Critical Role. I think it's the best example is where they have um, different versions of Common, mm-hmm. um, and then you know we could also have different versions of Elvish or Orcish, um, in which I've done that before in a campaign where um, you know it's like oh you're speaking you know you go to the city and they're elves oh so we I speak Elvish to them okay they the characters knew this beforehand it's like okay they well they don't speak that form that of. form of elvish um i mean and then i tried to you know give like one of the players like oh but you also speak this other kind they're like they looked at their character and she said no i don't <laughs> all right okay you don't <laughs> it's fine but uh it's kind of it's kind of like a difference between like a spanish and portuguese a little yeah. bit a little bit yeah a of, there's a lot of overlap but they are two decidedly different languages uh, and that's kind of how, like, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien wrote the elves in The Lord of the Rings, creating uh, Kenyon and Sylvan, which are, or Sindarin, sorry, 
Kenyon and Sil- Cinderin. I don't want to. I don't want to get the ringers on me. <laughs> Kenyon and uh, Cinderin, which are kind of like your high elf versus your commoner elf languages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just gonna move my water bottle away. That's fair. Because uh, the little bab, the beanie, the jester herself has decided to join us on the table at the sound of me opening my water bottle and beginning to drink from it. She is one to knock over a beverage. Oh, she she loves nothing more than to walk up to a bottle and be like, oh, wow, what, this is so interesting. This is so interesting. And then just fucking, you know, yeet it just right in its face. I really hope that audio kind of works out properly because I think that's a funny bit. You could always, you know, add in a add in a an outside sound effect if you were really that dedicated to it. I'm not that dedicated, and I always, and I think that's a little cheat. I uh, I always think it's a little cheesy when you go back in and you add a sound effect. Mm. Not well, okay, not always. I, I think I'd say I th- like eighty percent of the time. It I feels think as long cheesy. as you don't. You know, over overuse the sound yeah. effects. Same as like visual effects. You don't want to over- egregiously assault your uh, audience. We need a Dungeon Bros soundboard. Okay, like um, a like a like a morning radio host kind yeah, of. Yeah, Wee-oo. where where instead of ever saying ostensibly, we can just hit the button. Yeah, you will know, say ostensibly for us. Yeah, and then Andy will have to drink. Indeed. Uh, th- so. Normally, we would segue into the main topic by saying that this is ostensibly a D&D podcast, but here we are, already talking about D&D. Instead of ostensibly, this is a dungeon, bro- a dungeon, oh my gosh. This is. This is. A Dungeons and Dragons a- podcast. podcast. Not ostensibly, it just is. It just is. It just is. No. And now, now she's going for your drinks. She's on a warpath right now. No. I'm going to move mine over here with yours. Oh, wonderful. So, our main topic of discussion today was brought about from a survey that Wizards of the Coast has been circulating. Now, normally, when they do surveys, they do it through their uh, articles portion of the Dungeons & Dragons website. And oftentimes, these surveys are related to recent unearthed arcanas that they've Mm -hmm. released uh, to play test ideas and concepts for upcoming books. But this survey was a little bit harder to find. We had to literally search Wizards of the Coast feats survey and had to find an article that was talking about it that then linked to the survey for us to take. So it was a little little annoying. I don't yeah. know why they would do that. But, it was strange. But ultimately, the survey is talking about the feats that are presented in the player's handbook, asking uh, what level of satisfaction you have with those feats, as well as which ones you have used uh, as a player yourself when creating a character, or you have seen other character, other players use as their characters. We've also seen this similar style survey done uh, with our... We, we reviewed our, uh, in our second podcast the spell survey that Blizzard put out. Is that our second or third? That was our third, because the second one was G4, wasn't it? The second one was talking about the G4 D&D show. Hold on, real quick. Side note. Sidebar. Sidebar. Already. We've barely yes. begun. Uh, I, I didn't know about G4 prior. I, I grew up without uh, cable. Yeah. And now on TikTok, I've been getting a lot of their content. Yeah, they're trying. They're trying, but their core offering is a fucking cable channel. Cable is dying. Yeah. Cable cable is what killed G4 and they're going back. It's like it's like it's like 
it's like a victim of abuse going back to their abuser. Like, stop. Just, just go to YouTube. Just go to Twitch. Just anything. <laughs> go to Amazon. Like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I, that we're pulling up. We're pulling up old. Yeah, old dirty laundry here at this point, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so this uh, this feet survey um, went just over the ones in the PHB, not including Xanathar's Tosh's or any of the other ones that you might find in a menagerie of books. There's um, a lot of feats that I forgot about. I For both them not being good as well as just I never think of, you know? I think there are some that uh, I, I've... I always look at it and go, that makes no sense for this character, or I don't want this one, or yeah. I don't care about it. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I feel th- so. I feel the same way. So, we're gonna go through the feats in alphabetical order. We're not going to go into a deep description of what the feats are. You can feel free to grab a PHB and follow along yourselves. We will also be giving a brief description uh, with minimal mechanical descriptions of these feats as we go. The first feat, as going in alphabetical order, is the alert feat. You get a bonus to initiative, and you cannot be surprised. The alert feat. The alert feat is one of the is a sleeper pick feat. Um, we might we might get into this a little bit later about the overall uh, design philosophy of when of how you can take feats rules as written because um, I'm not necessarily a fan of that. I agree. But uh, the alert feat is definitely useful. Um, if you are like an assassin, it definitely it definitely leans itself to like the assassin rogue or um, the gloom stalker ranger. That really like anything that, f- that gets a bonus to creatures that haven't acted in combat. Exactly, yet. exactly. Um, I was gonna uh, say outside of that, I know you're not a huge fan of just bumping uh, of like just things that are gonna bump your initiative. Yeah, because I do. I get it. Most of the time, it's pretty. Uh, you know, unless your combats are only lasting one round at a time, it's not that. Not that uh, essential, but I'm I'm not so against initiative flat initiative bonuses. It's just it's so underwhelming. Like it feels like something that's a lot more impactful than it actually is. Because I mean, you can have a plus ten to your initiative, which is ludicrous. If you had a if you have a five if you have a twenty dexterity for a plus five, and you have the alert feat, you have a plus ten initiative, and you roll a two. Mm-hmm. It, it and ultimately. You could get a 23 initiative, and the boss could get 24, and then you're screwed anyway. Yeah. You know, this this will help alleviate that a bit, and you can't be surprised and all that. It's it's nifty. Uh, I think it would do a lot better as a half ASI feat, where you get, like, a plus one to dex or a plus one to, like, wisdom or something. Mm-hmm. And then you get the, the bonuses. But, I mean, ultimately, I think I, I put this one as slightly satisfying. I, I think, think I put is, it right around there as well. I think that's a, I think that's a solid feat. Uh, one that I thought was uh, decidedly dissatisfying is athlete, which is a half feat. You get either a plus one to strength or dex, and uh, it helps you stand up from getting pr- when you're prone. Climbing doesn't cost extra movement, and it's a help with like a long jump and a running jump and standing jump and all that kind of stuff. A half a half feat, but the the core offerings of it are so minimal. And I believe with the the jumping rules in general being tied to dexterity, your dexterity score? Strength. Your strength. strength. You might as well just take a plus two in strength than mm-hmm. a plus one in the athlete feat. I think uh, athlete is one of those where 
if you're running or if you're you're in a game where uh, there's a lot of that of of um, enemies doing things like knocking you prone or like all your DMs encounters are built around climbing things. This isn't a bad one. It's very specific, but also the things in here. Oftentimes, a lot of the martial classes will just give you this stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, a bit underwhelming, but yeah, I put it as slightly uh, dissatisfying or slightly dissatisfying. Yeah. Just, just not a lot. I the the way I was kind of ranking them. Uh, well, I, I realized it's the way the way I was ranking them afterwards. I wrote down my highs and lows, but uh, one thing I thought about was. Which of these are ones that I would take for a straight class build? Which one of the which of these would I use as a warding, like a a, a reward, a feat reward, mm-hmm. and then which one of these just would I basically never use? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think athlete falls into that category of I would reward a player yeah. with this. Yeah, a, a a a fighter that spends a lot of their downtime like training in a in a gym or in a fighting pit or something like that just i mean it would make sense that naturally they would become an athlete mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so i'm down for that next up we have the actor feat it is a half it is a half asi feat for a plus one in charisma you get you get some advantage on performance and deception checks when you're trying to obfuscate who you are and you can mimic speech you can you can do actory things mm-hmm. um the bard will love this the bard will absolutely love this, and if you have a lot of social encounters in your game, it's I think pretty solid. Very situational. Yes, I would say. Yeah, I. Uh, but it definitely I, helps that it is also a half feat. Yeah, definitely. Those who, if you have a, uh, if you're a player who, you know, maybe your whole thing is as the bard or as the other classes, you know, tricking people or 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 being very charming, this could could help. But a lot of I don't see a lot of uh, need to take this in. Yeah most types of games i play in personally now if you are there are a lot of campaigns and i enjoy the campaigns where uh even if you aren't a variant human everybody gets a feat of their choice Mm -hmm. at the beginning um if you're a bard and the actor feat right at the right out of the gate as a free extra feat when you're creating your character could be amazing oh yeah not super mechanically oriented especially in combat but uh, would definitely help flavor yourself up a little bit and help round up that charisma if you had an odd number in it. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. And give you just a little bit more of something to do right mm-hmm. at the beginning of the game. All right. The next feat in alphabetical order is Charger. Basically, you can dash, and you can use a bonus action to make an attack at the end of it where you have to move a certain amount, and then you'd get a bonus to the attack's damage. Or you can push the target up to 10 feet away from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is another feat that I really, I, you're going to, you're going to hear this a lot from me. Half ASI feats are very, very good. Even if the abilities that they are offering are underwhelming. And I think this is very situational. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's really, really cool. I love like the, the sword and board style character sword and shield running up and just bashing someone with their shield to shove them off a bridge. But think about the encounters that you fight in, and how many times would you benefit from being able to shove someone ten feet as a bonus action? Yeah, that you have to run up to do. It would if I think this one would benefit well uh, for we actually one of our my players when in our Skyros game has taken this, mm-hmm. and like thinking about it now, it's like okay, if there's a lot of teamwork where maybe the wizard or the druid is casting like AOE 
concentration effects. Yes. You could bump them in. Um, you could, you know, use this to bump uh, enemies who just barely make it out back in. But yeah, overall, again, you said very situational. Um, but like, yeah, it's it's a neat idea, yeah. and you could build a character around this concept. Absolutely, especially with the new Tasha's fighting styles, um, and just the regular fighting style that you get. I believe it's uh, pr- the protection fighting style. Protection, where you, where you can you where you if you're you're a sword and shield fighter, and you're using your shield to assist with bonus yeah. like creating bonus action opportunities and stuff, and um, the charger feet does suffer from you're really only going to be able to use it once maybe twice in a combat because once you get locked in face to face you're probably going to stay locked in face to face unless you're running away or they're running away right you know i think the charger one could benefit from other feats like a whole there are other feats that would combine well with this i put it as slightly satisfying i'd say so and yeah, good enough. Right. Next up, uh, one feat that is often lauded as well as reviled, depending on your point of view. Uh, very powerful. Crossbow expert. You ignore the loading property of crossbows. Uh, when you are within five feet of someone, you don't get disadvantage on your ranged attack. When you use the attack action and attack with a one-handed weapon, you can use your bonus action to shoot a crossbow. Very popular with the rogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to weaponize a bonus action is exceptionally great. Oh yes, any any it, really, it's kind of it, it. It takes that sword and shield fighting style and says, "Hey, instead of being instead of protecting yourself, put just like a little gun in your offhand." Yeah, kinda, <laughs> kinda, just a just a little hand crossbow, a little gun in the offhand, and you can shoot that every time you attack. I think I think a a, a pirate style character that could would, be cool. would really benefit from this of having like that kind of duelist stance and you could flavor your crossbow as a gun as a flintlock as a flintlock i mean you ignore the load you it's it has the loading property you ignore it for mm-hmm. mechanics sake but i mean it would lurk it would work um mechanically i think it'd be really thematic and very very powerful yeah um this is one of the 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 feats that if you're building a character and you want their cross and you want crossbow to be their main thing uh, this is very, very good, very almost mm-hmm. necessary because it gets rid of that re- that reload property. Um, if you want, if you know you, this character has the ability to make an extra attack at yeah. level five, um, attack, attack. So a fighter, a level, let's say a level five fighter that's dexterity based only uses a crossbow. Can't use you cannot use a heavy crossbow because that requires two hands. Mm-hmm. But a regular crossbow, you can do. Fire, fire, bonus action, fire. Mm-hmm. Three attacks, level five. All from range. It's really good. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really good. Like I said, this is this is one that falls in the category or category of I'm building with this feat. This is this is a you build your you make your build around it kind mm-hmm. of a feat. Next up, we got the defensive duelist. It requires you to have a dexterity of thirteen or higher. And when you are wielding a finesse weapon with which you are proficient, and another creature hits you with a melee attack, you can use it to deflect the attack adding your proficiency bonus to your ac just for the attack it is effectively the parry mm-hmm. reaction from pretty much any monster stat block yes um pretty good i think underutilized for sure i put it as slightly satisfying simply because i think you can use it once per turn and it use it or once per round yes and it uses up your reaction to get 
a pull a bonus to one attack. So unlike shield, shield the the shield shield lasts one entire until the beginning the shield, of your next turn. The shield spell. Spell yes. The very very specific. It lasts an entire round, but it does use a spell slot. Um, but taking an entire feat is, I think, a bigger sink, a much bigger sink than just spending a first level spell slot in general. I would agree. Um, I think I think uh, if this were a half feet plus one dex and then you got this feature i think this is a bang out awesome feat i uh i really enjoy any feat that just any feat any magic item anything that gives you just a new thing to do um or a new possibility of things to do on your turn is good um but like you said this is a little underwhelming and honestly i we've talked about this in the past where uh we could you know uh, it wouldn't be un, uh, unreasonable to give every martial class uh, um, maneuvers and wouldn't be unreasonable to give every mar- uh, caster class some sort of meta magic. I think this could fall into that kind of area where it's like you could just give every martial class the this ability. and it wouldn't really honestly affect a a game too much especially if you've got a lot of uh tactically thinking mm-hmm. if you have a tactically thinking dm yeah. this probably almost might be unnecessary just a really nice thing yeah. for them to give out if you were if you are a martial class that doesn't have spell casting capabilities i mean how many react what are you going to use your reaction for a lot of the time it's just going to be the attack of opportunity exactly so this this is nice i think it'd be better with a plus one dex obviously mm-hmm. but next up we got the dual wielder feat you gain a plus one to your AC when you are wielding two melee weapons in each hand. You can use two-weapon fighting even when the one-handed melee weapons you are wielding do not have the light property. You can draw or stow them at the same time. Mm-hmm. Dual long swords, baby. Yes. Plus one AC. I put it as slightly satisfying, much in the same way as the defensive duelist. Two-weapon fighting in general is not particularly popular. Um, it is an easy way to weaponize your bonus action, and especially if you have a class that offers you the two-weapon fighting fighting style, mm-hmm. uh, you're not going to be missing out on that flat bonus to anything. You get a plus one, uh, just a flat plus one to your AC. Uh, you can use better weapons. So, I mean, if you really want to do the two-weapon fighting, um, you get your longsword, which is kind of a standard weapon for your paladin, your fighter, mm-hmm. your uh, any of them. And you get two of them. You get you get really no penalty for using it. You get a plus one to your AC. I think it's pretty good, all I, things considered. I think this really lends to uh, one of the like core nerd uh, fantasies of yeah, that two-handed uh, uh, you know weapon fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, just that awesome visual. Your uh, Sir Arthur Dane of yes. uh, Game of Thrones, if you will. And uh, overall, it, uh, this is one where. If I'm if I really want to do that kind of character, this is going to be necessary for me to add mm-hmm. to this character. But most of the time, there's other builds that are easier to go with, and I'd rather make. Um, but so yeah, I would say it's slightly satisfying as well. Yeah. Next up, one of the most either it's the best feat you could possibly take, or the absolute worst feat you could possibly take dungeon delver Mm -hmm. you have advantage on perception investigation checks to find secret doors advantage on saving throws to avoid and resist traps resistance to damage dealt by traps and you can search for traps while traveling in a normal pace instead of a slow pace if you're playing dungeon of the mad mage this is a really good feat (laughs) 
if anywhere you, else if if you're playing in a game that isn't just go to the dungeon get through the dungeon fight the boss go to town to resupply find another dungeon if you're not in that campaign this is pretty worthless yeah this uh I like to say uh, is an, an artifact from antiquity mm-hmm. where, you know, the, again, those were the original style of play in D&D. Um, and a lot of people have migrated away from that style. Uh, but, yeah, if you're going to play in a game like that, absolutely. That's mm-hmm. a little lovely. Um, it's perfectly fine. I I'm Perfectly fine as it is. Um, I put it as slightly dissatisfying just because I think it's a bit more niche than the benefits it provides for its niche. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this definitely ranked on the low end of the scale. For me. Especially for modern D and D. But again, if that's the kind of D and D you play, this is great. This is this is everything you could want, really. To if you if what you're doing is going into the dungeon and fighting the boss and hoarding and getting their horde, like mm-hmm. good shit. Absolutely. Next up, durable is a half ASI feat, increasing your constitution by one. And whenever you roll hit dice to regain hit points, uh, you get twice your constitution modifier instead of just once of your mm-hmm. constitution modifier. Uh, I put this as straight up dissatisfying. Yeah. Um, the, the short rest has fallen out of fashion. Uh, most of the time players, like mechanically at the table, the short rest and the long rest feel the same. If you're a player, it's like a fade to black, you fade back up, you go, but the long rest gives you better benefits. So they're going to try and long rest. And if a party wants to long rest, they're going to long rest. Um, but the short rest I've played in many games where it's just never been necessary. And even if you're wanting to round up your constitution score, I would rather just take the plus one and put it on another ability score do a, a, a split plus one plus one yeah take an asi um yeah i put it just straight up dissatisfying i the only reason i uh i i, I didn't uh, this wasn't on my ultimate lows list but i think yeah if you're playing in a game more uh more dungeon delvey or um you are higher level if you're higher level and kind of got your stats to where it's like, I can't really increase them more from this, that, or the other. And now, you're, now your party is relying on, all right, we're going to go fight one thing. And then after that, we do need a rest because this thing's hitting hard. Or we, are, mm-hmm. we have a warlock mm-hmm. in our party or two. Oops, all warlocks. Oops, all warlocks. This, this could be useful. But yeah. I would say majority of the time, yeah, this is not one that is going to be uh, super great. Now, the hit dice is extremely underutilized, but this doesn't really help it. No. Anyway. Elemental Adept. Prerequisite, you have to be able to cast a spell. You get to ch- When you take the feat, you get to choose a damage type from Acid, Cold, Fire, Lightning, or Thunder. You ignore resistance to that damage type. Whenever you roll damage for a spell that you cast that deals damage of that type, you can treat any one on a damage dice as a two. And you could take the feat multiple times, selecting different elemental types each time. Uh, I put this as straight up satisfying. Yes. Um, if you are the type of person that likes to make a caster and theme them around a type of magic, uh, my wizard is a big fan of his lightning spells. Um, this is just straight. This just straight up makes whatever damage type you use better. If you like that pyromancer and you like casting fireball and firebolt and burning hands and wall of fire, fire is resisted by a lot of creatures. Yeah. And this feat just straight up 
removes that problem, and it's going to make all of your fire spells better. Your fireball, where you're rolling, what is it, 8d6? 8d6. You're going to roll some ones on a lot of damage dice, and now you can't yeah. at all. Like, just, it's, even, even that just little bit of bonus is very, very useful. So, you know, the, the minimum goes from 8 automatically goes up to 16 yeah. with this. And that, bringing up your damage floor, I think, is a lot more important than trying to push up your damage ceiling in yes, a lot of cases. I would agree. Um, very satisfying. Or not very satisfying. Satisfying for me. Satisfying. I, this, this did end up on one of my, uh, my high, my, my all-time highs list. Um, uh, just because... All-time high, 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 high. And you you ratted you ragged on me for doing the final fa- or, yeah the final fantasy success thing anyway, <laughs> um, but I would say that this is just again if I'm building a character that this is the thing I'm gonna take this and even if you're not building a character that that's their thing, um, and this is rewarded to you, mm-hmm. still great. I agree. I would never be sad if somebody just handed this to me. Same. You want to give it to Lucian? I want you to be sad though. Okay. Grappler feet. <laughs> it requires a strength of 13 or higher. Uh, you have advantage on attack rolls against a creature that you are currently grappling, and you can use your action to try and pin a, cu- a creature grappled by you. If you succeed, you make, you're basically making a second grapple check. If you succeed, they are restrained until the grapple ends. Uh, I put this as slightly dissatisfying for me. I think in many respects, uh, unless you're trying to capture someone, there's not a whole lot of use of grappling someone over just straight up attacking them. Uh, It makes it better if you do grab someone, and I think you can make a build around this, but that's a little bit niche. It's a little bit off meta. Uh, I I I could be very easily convinced that it's slightly satisfying, but... I think I leaned uh, towards slightly satisfying just for that reason. Actually, the reason of it takes the grapple from just, you know, the grapple, your just speed drops to zero. Yeah. But restrained actually has some other mechanical benefits. Mm-hmm. And it's that, yeah, it's that thing where if I'm building a character around this, I'm definitely going to take that. Um, but my problem with that, though, is it requires two turns because you have to grapple them. And then you have to, on your next turn, spend your action to grapple them again. So grappling actually replaces one of your attacks. Ooh. So if you have if you have a right. level five thing that takes two attacks, I got into an argument with someone on TikTok about this, Did and you? I completely forgot about that already. <laughs> that was a, I do remember that argument. It was a long time ago, though. It was a long time ago. Yeah, you can totally replace one of your attacks. So okay, yeah, fair, fair. If yeah, so if you if you, I'm convinced. Slightly satisfying. There we go. <laughs> TikTok. And podcast audience, you well heard it. You heard it first here. Well done. Stand, all right, all right. His commenters, mind. you can stand down. Stand down. It's okay. Stand down. Moving on. Anyway, great weapon master. One of the top tier feats from the player's handbook. Once per turn, when you score a critical hit with a melee weapon, or you reduce a creature to zero hit points, you can make a weapon attack. One melee weapon attack as a bonus action. As well, and on any of your attacks, you can take a minus five penalty to do plus ten damage. Mm-hmm. I have this currently with my Hexblade Warlock, and I am a very big fan. Yes. Well, uh, occasionally weaponizing a bonus action, big buff to damage, especially if you've got a nifty little magic weapon that really increases your accuracy, or you have advantage on an attack. I mean, for many, bu- if you build your character right, there's never a time when you do not want to be taking great, great weapon master. 
I mean, yeah, just baseline, even if you want to, you know, especially as at higher levels. This is one that I think even as you level up, it's going to continue to be useful. Exactly. Especially when, like, let's say you get, you know, you can get a, a, a plus five to your um, strength score by the time, or to your attack bonus by the time you're fourth level pretty mm-hmm. easily. So, all right, just knock that down. You have plus whatever from your magic weapon, plus three from your proficiency bonus. Yeah. That's still that can be either easily a plus four, plus at, five, plus six. At very high levels, if you have a very a very modest, let's say plus one magic weapon, you're and you're just swinging your sword. There's no extra dice being thrown around. Just a standard longsword. Your damage floor with maxed out strength or maxed out whatever you're attacking with. Mm-hmm. Your damage floor is seventeen per attack. Yeah. I think that says enough. <laughs> uh, very good. I put it as very satisfying. That that made my uh, my all time high list as well. Uh, an, a low, another low here. The healer feat. When you use a healer's kit to stabilize a dying creature, that creature also regains one hit point, so they do not have to make death saves anymore. And then, as an action, you can spend one use of a healer's kit to tend to a creature and restore one d six plus four hit points to it. Plus additional hit points equal to the creature's maximum number of hit dice. Their level, essentially. Mm-hmm. The creature can't regain hit points from this feat again until it finishes a short or long rest. If you want a healer, or if you want to be a healer, you're probably going to be a spellcaster that has access to healing magic. Mm-hmm. And expending a whole feat just for this, and using a healer's kit instead of just healing magic to get someone up i mean if you're playing like a gritty realism campaign and you're at like level one for session upon session upon session and you're like really scrounging for everything and somehow your dm gives you a feat then maybe yeah but uh also tying tying a feat to an item that you have to buy if you if you run out of uses of it it feels a little it would would definitely be different if they said Every day you have, you gain, you know, you make so many healers kits in the morning. Because every, every class, really, most classes, especially spellcasters, have first thing in the morning, you can, you spend an hour doing something to prepare your spells. Yeah. So, you know, maybe uh, this would be every morning you get, you spend an hour and you get uh, to make number of healer kits equal to your proficiency yeah. bonus. Like two med packs or two whatever. Med, exactly. Um, but, other, but otherwise it is very underwhelming. Um, I have seen a, somebody online, uh, uh, came up with a rogue build that was a battlefield medic, mm-hmm. um, that used the healer feet. I think that would, I think, yeah, I, I could see that where you can you get the bonus action. And, and yeah, I think still. you could do a similar thing with a monk and yeah. mobile and all that kind of stuff. But that's kind of a, that's kind of a niche. That's if your party doesn't, nobody wants to play a class that has healing magic, then sure. This would definitely be one of those where, one of those feats that as I as a DM had a player who was very, you know, like maybe they spent time doing, they spent time with a doctor, they spent time learning from the cleric, just give them this as a reward. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I I guess. And I would probably also add the, you get so many healing kits. Yeah. Yeah. As just, just for free. Again, a half ASI makes this slightly better, but I don't think it makes it good. So, too bad. Uh, Next up... 
we get to the first of a category of feats for the PHB that I'm going to say we're not going to spend really any time talking about because they're not good. I think we can spend time talking about the category, but yeah, I I agree. Uh, Heavily armored. You need proficiency in medium armor. You gain proficiency in heavy armor, and your strength increases by one. Not good. Any any if if any situation really where you'd really want to be wearing heavy armor, you're probably a class that already has options to get heavy armor. And uh, so many classes have different options. I mean, obviously, if you're like a fighter, or a pal- you get access to everything. If yes. you're yeah. clerics, even get you know, certain subclasses. A lot of them get access to heavy armor. And there's, like you said, there's very few oppor- you know, very few instances where you're going to want to be doing this. If you're leveling up and going to take an ASI or this feat instead of an ASI, I would rather you just multi-class into a class that gives you heavy armor. It's going to benefit you way more. Mm-hmm. Period. In a very similar vein, heavy armor master. You have to be proficient with heavy armor. It increases your strength score by one. While you are wearing heavy armor. Bludgeoning, slashing, and piercing damage you take from non-magical weapons is reduced by three. Also bad. I like this one slightly more than heavy armored, uh, heavily armored. Uh, slightly very dissatisfying then. <laughs> <laughs> um, only because, especially again, at low levels, if you're playing a character who already has heavy armor and, uh, uh, you know, you're the only frontliner... Taking taking three less damage from that goblin's hit, so you only get one damage. Could be re- or reduced to zero. That's fair. Um, if an, I believe there is a rule if an attack hits, it has to do or it, it does a minimum damage of, uh, damage of one. All right. Well, it's a very small set. But anyway, I'll screw yeah. that. Even worse. This but uh, <laughs> but especially at but as soon as you get to like probably level four or five, this is just outclassed by yeah. base base damage enemies will do. This yeah. Is, I don't want to talk about it anymore. We'll move on. We got the Inspiring Leader. You need a Charisma of 13 or higher to take it. You can spend 10 minutes to inspire your companions. Uh, You can pick up to six friendly creatures, one of which can include yourself within 30 feet of you that listen to the whole thing. They gain a number of temporary hit points equal to your level plus your Charisma modifier, and you cannot gain temporary hit points from this feature until you've finished a short or long rest. I put this as satisfying. Yeah. Uh, If you are the Bard, the Paladin the other charisma casters maybe not a warlock or a sorcerer may not maybe not as thematic but just every rest you get temporary hit points that scales with your level i mean oh yeah that's just that's just good even at high levels you get you know let's say uh, if you're level 18 and you have maxed out your char- your charisma that's a 22 hit points for everyone just extra on top of whatever they got yeah uh, that's going to that's going to save you at least one turn into the combat, Easily. probably. I mean, that depending on your character, the character that's receiving those hit points, that's anywhere from like ten to twenty to twenty-five percent of their hit points bonus. Yeah. Like that's really good. Uh, there's not much to say. It's very good. We like it. We like it. Next up, Keen Mind. Increase your intelligence score by one, making it a half ASI feat. You know which way is north. You always know the number of hours left before the next sunrise or sunset. You can accurately recall anything you have seen or heard within the past month. Popularized by Liam O'Brien, his character Caleb Widogast on Critical Role Campaign 2. Not an exceptional feat. Uh, It's kind of the, hey DM, I don't want to take notes what happened feat. Um, knowing which way is north when you're underground, useful for navigating, knowing what time it is, 
can be useful. Um, I think the big thing is the the sort of photographic memory of everything that's happened. Um, it's fine. It's it's I one of the slightly satisfying. I, I think I put it there as well. It's one of those things that I don't think a lot of people looked at or a, even gave a, a hint of an idea to until they, you know, saw it popularized. Um, but yeah, it's it's niche like some of the other ones we've talked about. Definitely, like if you're if you're going to be playing in a game that maybe nighttime is more dangerous or you're going to be doing a lot of exploring, definitely a good one. But it, it is a it's a more flavorful. Feet, mm-hmm. it is good. It's a good, it's a good uh, bonus character creation feat. <laughs> I think very thematic. Next up, we're not going to talk about it. Lightly armored, you get a plus one to dex or strength, and you gain proficiency with light armor. It's bad. Moving on. Linguist, <laughs> increase your intelligence by one, making it a half ASI feat. You learn three languages of your choice. You're able to create written ciphers. Others cannot decipher the code unless you teach it to them. and they, Or they succeed on an intelligence check. The DC is equal to your intelligence score plus your proficiency bonus. Or they use magic to decipher it. I put this as slightly dissatisfying. Yeah. Languages, useful, not super important. I've never once thought that I needed to make or decode a cipher, really. And... It's a half ASI, so it makes it slightly satisfying instead of dissatisfying. Yeah, I can uh, I can see a character build that would enjoy this or a type of a type of game that this would be neat to have in. But as just a straight up uh, jester, don't do that. No jester, don't mess with the camera. Hey, get over here. Get here. Hey, get off the camera. Come here. Come on. There we go. But yeah, just as a something to take in general, um, not gonna, I'm probably not gonna do that. Yeah. Moving on to one of uh, the most controversial feats in mm. the PHB, Lucky. You gain three luck points. Whenever you make an attack roll, ability check, or saving throw, you can spend one luck to roll an additional d20 and then choose. You can choose to spend one of your luck points after you roll the dice, but before the outcome is determined. You can choose which of the d20s is used for the attack roll ability check or saving throw. You can also use it when an attack roll is made against you. And then some details about luck points canceling out and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, objectively, mechanically, this is very, 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 very good. Yes. Um, it can it bypasses disadvantage. It bypass, it's it's a, in a lot of ways very similar to legendary resistance. Yes. But instead of just an auto success, you get an additional roll. So if you have a if you have a roll at disadvantage, you roll two dice and then there's a result. This is rolling an additional die separate from that disadvantage yeah. and then you can choose which result you want. Um, this is very 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 good and very powerful and in many tables is banned because of how good it is yeah um that's it's definitely one of the when you see players create something online lucky and a halfling always go hand in hand and Um, that's dangerous and that's (laughs) you know again it's only three times a day but that three times a day can be very effective yeah next up mage slayer when a creature within five feet of you casts a spell you can use your reaction to attack them with a melee weapon 
When you damage a creature that is concentrating on a spell, they have disadvantage on their save to maintain concentration. You have advantage on saving throws against spells cast by creatures within five feet of you. I put it as satisfying. I I enjoyed this one. This is on my all times high list. Yes, uh, a fighter, a paladin that that's going like you're going to the or rogue. Oh my gosh, a rogue going to the back lines and taking out the spellcaster. I mean, this is great strategy. Absolutely. And this just makes you much, much better at it. And definitely could uh, one of those that you could just build a whole character around mm-hmm. hating mages. <laughs> Absolutely. A monk, a rogue, a little speedy guy that can get around and get to the back where the spellcasters are. This is a great feat. Very good. Next, Magic Initiate. You can choose one of the one of the spellcasting classes. Bard, Cleric, Druid, Sorcerer, Warlock, or Wizard. You learn two cantrips of your choice from that class. You also learn a first level spell from that same class spell list. And you can cast that spell at its lowest level once for free every long rest. Uh, the spellcasting ability is the same as whatever class you selected. Uh, this is very good as well. Yes. Um, magic is very powerful. Getting magic in the hands of any character. Very good. This is one that if I'm if I'm making a fighter and they're like, hey, I have a free feat, I might consider this depending on what I'm doing, mm-hmm. or I'm going to award a player with it for spending oh, time. Yeah. This is a great one to award players with. I'm and I mean, we could spend an entire podcast talking about the interactions of certain classes and subclasses with this feat. I mean, just simple things like the fighter that takes, say, uh, for the wizard, they get shield as a reaction now once per rest and they get like booming blade or green flame blade or maybe they take firebolt so they have a ranged option mm-hmm. uh the paladin can get access to some clericy stuff the ranger can get access to some druidy stuff uh you can get access to hex from the warlock and eldritch blast and uh, there it's really good yes absolutely very 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 good feat next the martial adept feat you gain two maneuvers of your choice from those in the Battlemaster subclass for the fighter. Gives you a breakdown for your DC for those effects. You also gain one superiority dice, which is a D6. It is added to superiority dice if you have them from that subclass. And you regain it on a shorter long rest. I put this as satisfying. Yes, this is slightly this is in the same direction as uh, Magic Initiate, but for the martial classes, but it's slightly less good yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of great maneuvers and a lot of great customizability uh it's very limited in its uses it's once per rest um they kind of are i I wasn't before tasha's i was skeptical of here's a unique thing of a subclass now let's give it out to anyone that wants it Mm -hmm. um and they're kind of leaning that way of just ultimate customizability ultimate freedom for you to make whatever build you want uh, in Tasha's, they have like the Meta Magic Adept. They have uh, the Warlock invocations you can give to anyone as a mm-hmm. feat. Um, it's very good. Uh, I would put it as satisfying. Uh, it's limited, but I think it's good that it's limited so that the subclasses don't get outshined. Yes, um, I think we, we've talked about this before. Battlemaster could be rewritten to be the ultimate maneuver class, and then just give everybody some maneuvers. Uh, but if you're if you're running a game and you don't want your your low level characters to get bored, you could give them this and, and have the martial characters do more than just attack on their turn. One hundred percent. Next up, we're not going to talk about it. Medium armor master. You don't get disadvantage on stealth checks with for medium armor, and you can add three instead of two from your dexterity score with medium armor. Bad. Yeah. Bad. Don't the armor that. the armor feats are not good. 
if maybe as a bonus if you know that you're going to be wearing like hide armor but why would you do that still gets outclassed very quickly medium armor is not good moving on mobile your speed increases by 10 feet when you use the dash action difficult terrain doesn't cost you extra movement when you make a melee attack against a creature you don't provoke opportunity attacks from that creature for the rest of the turn whether you hit or you miss uh i put this as satisfying i think it's very good We've uh, we've seen a player in one game we play in that uses this as his rogue, runs in, tacks, runs away. Mobile is very good for rogues, very good for monks, um, makes you very, very slippery. Uh, Even good for kind of like that dex-based fighter that kind of wants to be a little bit more cagey with actually taking a lot of hits. Um, Very good. Flat increase to speed is a little rare, which makes it powerful. Yes. Yes. Closing the distance, ignoring difficult turn. It's it's a good feat. It's a good feat. Take it take it if you're a monk or a rogue, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Moderately armored. We're not going to talk about it. Plus one to dex or, or strength. Gain proficiency with medium armor and shields. Get out of the sink. Sorry, folks. The cat decided to get in the sink. The cat do be like that from time to time. She even she doesn't like moderately armored. No, clearly. Um, bad, bad, bad armor feats. Bad, 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 bad. If your players really, really want to use a shield, consider just giving it to them. Yep. Next mounted up, combatant. mounted combatant. I would argue another bad feat, just because mounted combat isn't really common. Yeah. You have advantage on melee attack rolls against any unmounted creature that is smaller than you. That is smaller than your mount. You have advantage on melee attack rolls against any unmounted creature that is smaller than your mount. You can force an attack targeted at your mount to target you instead. If your mount is subjected to an effect that allows it to make a dexterity saving throw to take only half damage, instead it takes zero damage. Mounted combat, not not really happening very often. Not very powerful when it does happen. If you're a cavalier fighter from Xanathar's, and you have a mount constantly, or you're a paladin that is using the Find Greater Steed spell, maybe. But even then... Yeah, the rules uh, written for mounted combat are pretty uh, minimal and pretty weak. Yeah. This doesn't really improve them. Not at all. Uh, Next up, Observant. It's a half feat. You get a plus one to either Wisdom or Intelligence. If you can see a creature's mouth while it is speaking, a language that you understand, you can interpret what it's saying by reading its lips. You have a plus five bonus to your passive perception and passive investigation scores. I put this as dissatisfying. It's a half ASI feat. It's fun to be able to read lips, and I think that could be very useful. But it's really niche. Passive perception, useful. Passive investigation, probably never going to get used in most campaigns. It's fine. Yeah, this was taken by... um... Uh, uh, Laura Bailey for her ve- her character Vexalia, um, but that being said, it, she she it, I think it came up a few times where she could read the lips. Uh, but yeah, I agree that this isn't going to be helpful on ninety percent of times. If you're trying to round up your wisdom score and you don't have another ability score that's odd, fine. Maybe find a better better half wisdom ASI feat or something. <laughs> Next up, Polearm Master, one of the great feats of the PHB. When you take the attack action and attack with a glaive, halberd, or quarterstaff, Unearthed Arcana also added the quarterstaff to this as well. Or the, the not the quarterstaff, the spear to yes. this as well. Uh, you can use a bonus action to make a melee weapon attack 
with the opposite end of the weapon. That attack uses the same modifiers as the primary attack, but the damage is a d4 and it deals bludgeoning damage. When you are wielding a glaive, halberd, pike, or quarterstaff, now also a spear, other creatures provoke opportunity attacks when they enter your reach when you have that weapon. Uh, but this is very satisfying. Very powerful. Again, weaponizing your bonus action and every turn ability, and then being able to take opportunity attacks when they approach you as well as when they leave. Mm-hmm. Very good. It also weaponizes your reaction. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that uh, I think that second bullet point is more powerful. The D4 is neat at, at best in mind, but yeah, I think just to I get think that more little the, bit extra. Yeah. The bonus action D4, I think, more has to do with the flat modifier that you would yeah. be getting. Yeah. Just a little nice little extra. Uh, especially if you're in a situation where you're getting advantage on attacks. I mean, oh, that, yeah. There's a lot, there's much more, oppor- more dice being thrown around, a lot more opportunities for a critical hit, that kind of stuff. Yep. Make sure that when you take this one, you are emotioning in the air about your attacks when you're describing them to your uh, DM. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Don't be, don't be a lazy player. No, no. Describe your stuff. Describe your stuff. Describe your stuff. Next up, another good feat, I would say. Resilient. You can increase any ability score of your choice by one, and you gain proficiency in saving throws of that chosen ability. I put it as satisfying. Um, one of the most popular uses from non-sorcerer spellcasters is to take constitution, to round up their constitution score and get advantage on constitution saving throws, specifically for concentrating on spells. Yes. The sorcerers get that natively, but uh, I, I think this is very useful, very customizable. I would... In most cases where there's other feats that have a half ASI where you're like, ah, oh, the abilities kind of aren't that great. Resilient might resilient might be your answer to that. If you're yeah. looking to round it. Another one that you could just if you if you're just running low on ideas of how to reward your players, resilient could just be an easy one. Hey, you've you've grown as a person. You're more resilient. Indeed. Nothing wrong with it. It's a good one. Next up, an interesting one. Ritual caster. You need an intelligence or wisdom of 13 or higher. You pick a class from, what is it? From bard, cleric, druid, sorcerer, warlock, or wizard. You learn two first level spells of your choice that have the ritual tag on them. You also gain a book that those rituals are kept in. When you come across spells in written form, such as a spell scroll or another wizard's spell book, you may, be able, you may be able to add them to your ritual book. The spell must be on the spell list for the class you chose. The spell's level can be no higher than half your level, rounded up, and it must have the ritual tag. And then it gives details about scribing it into your ritual book. Adding ritual casting to any class. Uh, I put it as slightly satisfying. Um... Ritual spellcasting, I think, is underutilized in a lot of ways, unless you're a wizard, because that's kind of like their main thing. Um, but adding ritual casting to most any class will add a lot of uh, utility yes, to what it, their repertoire is. Obviously not going to be super great mid-combat, because you have to do 10 minutes plus the spell's actual casting time to cast yeah, as a ritual. Not a combat feat. Not a combat feat, but like you said, utility... And, uh, you know, things like the, the Liaman's Tiny Hut or... Yeah. Eventually, spine. eventually, you won't be getting that off the bat. But, I mean, there's a lot of great ritual spells. Mm-hmm. Detect Magic, Unseen Servant. I mean, they, there's a lot. There's a lot. One of my personal favorites, Skyrite from Xanathar's. I, you can have a lot of mischief and fun with Skyrite. Oh, yeah. But, moving on. 
the shortest feat in the PHB. It's only three lines. One sentence. Savage Attacker. Once per turn, when you roll damage for a melee weapon attack, you can re-roll the weapon's damage dice and use either total. I put it as satisfying. It's very simple. It's very short. It's very to the point. And you don't really ever have to worry about annoyingly low damage rolls anymore on weapon attacks. Mm -hmm. Unless you're just really bad at roll ones all the time. Yeah. Uh, I think this is uh, particularly good for martial classes that are rolling a lot of dice. Your rogues with their sneak attack, I think, could really benefit from this. But they're much less likely to get really low on multiple dice in the same roll, so... Yeah, this is one that if you're if you're be- being given a uh, an opportunity to just take a free feed at the beginning, very good one to consider. Um, un- uh, even e- as you as you get further down in your uh, in your in your time, uh, when you get higher, just flat bonuses maybe a li- maybe pulls it back a little, but still still very good um, in the grand scheme of things. The next feat, Sentinel. Another feat that I'm a big fan of. When you hit a creature with an opportunity to attack, the creature's speed becomes zero for the rest of the turn, meaning they can't run away from you. Creatures provoke opportunity attacks from you even if they take the disengage action before leaving your reach. And when a creature within five feet of you makes an attack against a target other than you, and that target doesn't have this feat, you can use your reaction to make a melee weapon attack against the attacking creature. If you are a barbarian... A fighter, a paladin that likes to get right up in there and you've got other people around you. I mean, this is going to lock down the battlefield and make it really difficult for your enemies to maneuver about, to get past you, to escape area of effect spells. This is a very good feat. Mm -hmm. And a much better way, uh, another way to weaponize uh, your reaction as well. Big fan. Yes, opportunity attacks are lovely, and this just bumps them up uh, that much more. Um, yeah, great. Good feat. Critical Role Campaign 2, both Yasha and Beauregard had the Sentinel feat, and Matt wanted to pull his hair out a lot <laughs> when those two were on the battlefield together. The next one, one of another one of the best feats in the PHP, in the game, really. Sharpshooter. Attacking at long range does not impose disadvantage on your ranged weapon attack rolls. Your ranged weapon ignores half cover and three quarters cover. Before you make the attack with the ranged weapon that you're proficient with, you can choose to take a minus five penalty to the attack roll to deal a plus ten to damage. That sounds a lot like Great Weapon Master, doesn't Hmm, it? Funny how that works. Uh, Ignoring cover at range and being able to max out your range on all your ranged weapons for every single attack without any penalty is very good. And being able to get a flat plus ten to any attack and every attack that you make if you want is very, very good. Oh, yeah. If you're playing any sort of character that has a ranged weapon... um, this is this is almost a no-brainer to take. Uh, the, that that removing disadvantage on long range is long range is just as just as good as removing disadvantage on short range for the crossbow master. Yes. Um, in campaign one of Critical Role, we're referencing that a lot. Uh, Percy, Vax, and Vex all had this. This is a great great feat. This is a very very good feat. Mm-hmm. If you have a if you have a bow and arrow, if you have get. If you have a dagger, good dagger. If you have a crossbow, if you have a gun take it it's very good yeah you'll thank us later you can send the check in the mail it's okay yeah shield master when you're using a shield you have following benefits if you take the attack action 
You can use your bonus action to try and shove a creature within five feet of you. If you aren't incapacitated, you can add your shield's AC bonus to any dexterity saving throw you make against a spell or other harmful effect that targets only you, so no area of effects. And if you are subjected to an effect that allows you to make a dexterity saving throw to take only half damage, you can use your reaction to take no damage if you succeed the saving throw, interposing your shield between yourself and the source of the effect. I think it's a little bit weird that it makes you use your reaction if you succeed the save. There are a lot of features that say if instead of taking half damage, you take no damage if you succeed. Mm -hmm. I think that would make it a little bit better, but I put it as slightly satisfying. I would agree. Um, Shields in 5th edition are really reduced down to nothingness, basically. Just a plus 2 to AC normally, and it takes up one of your hands. But this, if you you want to build a a shield master, this is cool. Um, As a DM, if one of my players was very adamant about sword and shield i would probably just give this to them oh yeah this is a good one especially if they train with it you know start it's great this is um, it's pretty great pretty good next up another one of the bad feats and and i was wrong earlier about savage attacking because this one is the shortest shortest one one. (laughs) skilled you gain proficiency in any combination of three skills or tools of your choice If you don't have the skills or tools that you want from your background or your class, then you might want to have a different background or a different class. There are exactly every every class, every gives you a choice of two or three. Every background gives you, I think, two, Uh, and then some some, of them give you a choice. Yeah. Then uh, races will sometimes give you uh, proficiency. Certain subclasses, every cleric subclass and every paladin subclass comes with an additional skill uh boost if but for some reason you're you just have a party full of no bards no rogues no just for some reason you have a whole party that has no skill proficiencies maybe Maybe. your dm should just give you this yeah just give things to your players guys this is not very good i put it as very dissatisfying i agree next skulker You can try to hide when you are lightly obscured from the creature from which you are hiding. When you are hidden from a creature and and miss with a ranged weapon attack, making the attack doesn't reveal your position. Dim light doesn't impose disadvantage on your wisdom perception checks that rely on sight. I put it as dissatisfying. Now, I want to put an asterisk on this. That it can be slightly satisfying if you are a rogue like an assassin or a gloomstalker ranger that really benefits from being hidden. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, all, in many ways, they already have access to options that make it easy for them to hide and stay hidden. This one, I, I, I put slightly higher because I've actually used this one in a build. It was for the first one shot you ever ran with me. Oh. Um, it was for my shadow, uh, my shadow monk assassin rogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and his whole thing was was low light things where he could jump between shadows and um, so yes in that in those very specific instances this could be lovely and I really enjoyed having it on that build but nine times out of ten I'm probably not going to take it. Also requires a dexterity of thirteen or higher. I didn't say that. I'm how, dropping the ball. How dare you? I apologize. Spell sniper. You need it, the you need the ability to cast at least one spell. You can cast a spell that requires you to make an attack roll. When you cast a spell that requires you to make an attack roll, the spell's range is doubled. 
Your ranged spell attacks ignore half cover and three quarters cover. You can learn one cantrip that requires an attack roll from the bard, cleric, druid, sorcerer, warlock, or wizard spell. The spellcasting ability is the same as the class that you picked. I put it as slightly satisfying. Yeah, it's 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 not as I, I think it's good, but not as good as sharpshooter yeah. when it comes because you you still get to ignore the covers, um, and that range increase actually can be very useful. Because there are a lot of spells that just get lopped off right there at 30 feet, at mm-hmm. 60 feet. Even uh, there are very few Eldritch spells Blast that go. Firebolt are, are like the only ones that go like really 120 far. feet, I believe, just yeah. baseline. Um, this is, I, I imagine that this would be appealing to a ranger, a paladin, the casters that don't get cantrips or don't get really attacking cantrips. I could see this benefiting a bard. But with the existence of the Magic Initiate feat, giving you two cantrips of any kind and a first-level spell, it's kind of hard to justify Spell Sniper over Magic Initiate for probably like 80 to 90% of the use cases that you would think of for Spell Sniper. Mm -hmm. It has its uses, and it's not bad, but because of the existence of a feat that's better than it in most regards... It's hard for this thing, in my mind, to be anything more than slightly satisfying. This is one of those that it would definitely be more of uh, a, a a boon, a, a a reward for a player who is who is trying to do this sort of thing and is spending time practicing it. This is going to be this could be a reward more so than probably building yeah. a, a character. It would be either a hardcore build or a reward for me. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have the Tavern Brawler. It's a half feat. You can increase your strength or constitution by one. You are proficient with improvised weapons. Your unarmed strike uses a d4 for the damage. And when you hit a creature with an unarmed strike or an improvised weapon on your turn, you can use a bonus action to attempt to grapple the target. Uh, I put this as slightly dissatisfying with an asterisk. I would have had it at slightly satisfying before Tasha's Cauldron of Everything with the unarmed fighting style giving you a d6 for your damage. Um... But it's also a half feat. Gives you something to use your bonus action with if you're an un, if you're unarmed fighting. Um, being able to grapple as bonus action is nice. Improvised weapon, sure. Pretty niche, but not bad. I think this kind of uh, screams towards a style of campaign that is less uh, that is less high fantasy. Kind of that where your DM's going to be like, all right, you can't walk around town with a sword because that's weird. Yeah. Um, because the guards, you know, the police are not going to like that. That sort of thing or a very flavorful character build. Um, but I agree, especially post Tasha's, this, this, this got knocked down in the ranks a little. They got outclassed. Next up, tough. When you take this feat, you get an additional hit point maximum equal to twice your level and every level that you gain thereafter you gain an additional two hit points i put this as satisfying this is i agree this is satisfying it is simple it is effective it applies it doesn't make you feel like you've missed out on anything if you take it early if you take it late you get a benefit at every level thereafter taking it um everyone every single class will benefit from this Every single type of character will benefit from this. Yeah. Good job, wizards. You did right. You did right by that one. It's good. Warcaster. You have to be able to cast at least one spell. 
You have advantage on constitution saving throws you make to maintain concentration on a spell when you take damage. You can perform the somatic components of a spell even when you have weapons or shield in one or both of your hands. When a, hostile's cre- when a hostile creature's movement provokes an opportunity attack from you, you can use your reaction to cast a spell at the target rather than making an opportunity attack. The spell must have a casting time of one action and must target only that creature. This is very satisfying and mm-hmm. very powerful. Much in uh, the same way as Resilient and, uh, boosts your benefit for concentration checks, so does this. You don't have to worry about having things in your hand. A Gish character will be able to cast spells without dropping their weapons. And this, this is something that a lot of people don't think of. With the opportunity attack, you can cast a leveled spell mm-hmm. outside of your normal action on your turn. That is a single action spell, as long as it only targets the creature. And obviously you think of like, oh, I can cast Firebolt, or I can cast Booming Blade, or I can cast like Chromatic Orb. You can also, cra- you can also cast like Banishment. You can cast Hold Monster. You, there's a lot of very, very powerful single target spells mm-hmm. that you can now use outside of your turn greatly increasing the effective action economy for your character this is a very good feat very good feat you said it all there that's uh that's all i've got no <laughs> sorry sorry to steal your thunder there no but it's I, very good well here no my thunder is actually here on this last feat in the php which uh weapon master if you if you allow me weapon master you increase your strength or dexterity score by one and you gain proficiency in four weapons of your choice. Each one must be simple or martial weapon. I do not like this that this even exists. Because in 5e, there's really no reason to take, to need four per weapon proficiencies outside <laughs> of the ones that are probably already granted to you in your class. Pretty much. Or your race, or your background, or your subclass. <laughs> this is a useless feat. Pretty much every class gives you at least simple weapons or a couple of weapons, like a dagger, you know? Yeah, this is really bad. <laughs> don't take it. Don't. Don't. This one This one is the feat that I have raged against since I started playing this game. If this game had a lot more rules for, like, why you should choose different weapons, or maybe, like, there were more selection of specialty weapons, like, very specific weapons in the the magic item section of the DMG, Mm -hmm. then maybe, but there's not. There's very little reason to choose one weapon over the other besides damage die, uh, finesse, light, light, just those sorts of things. You don't need this. Yeah. Go away. Go away, weapons. Which we, we we have talked about doing a homebrew supplement of like an armory, mm-hmm. making all of the various weapons much more unique and individualized, separate from their normal properties. So yeah, look forward I, to that at some point in the next ten years. I believe, I believe, uh, crap, who did that? Maybe I I do remember seeing. No, I think it was like. It wasn't Griffin Saddlebag, but there was another. There, I'm sure there are multiple third-party creators that have put out armories like this. Um, I haven't actually found any of them in my searches, but still, as a fifth edition feat, as a core feat, wizards, you fucked up. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give you another soundbite. Wizards, you did bad. Just in case you want to take the for the soundboard. Just, just for the soundboard. For the soundboard. Someone make a soundboard. 
Um, if you make soundboard and want to send it to us, let us know. Those are all the feats in the player's handbook, and that's all we're going to be talking about for today. I believe we have some questions in the chat, but before we get to that, remember, follow us on TikTok. That's where our biggest following is. Um, we're over 10,000 followers now. Yay us. Nice. And still rapidly growing. Uh, we're already approaching 11,000, and it's only been like a week or two, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you can follow us. Uh, you can subscribe to us, rather, on the YouTubes, Dungeon Bros. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, at Dungeon Bros YT. We tweet out uh, some some bangers, some good memes uh, from time to time. From time to time. From time to time. We also give little uh, little heads up on when we're doing our homebrew releases, which you can find on DriveThruRPG. We currently have a five magic item pack that is for free. Pay what you want. As well as a five spell pack for free. Pay what you want. We want to make we want to be making some YouTube videos talking about our offerings there in a bit more depth and like our inspiration and design philosophy and stuff. So look forward to that. You can also join our Discord. Link in the link tree in the bio if you are on one of our social media pages or in the description of the YouTube video if you're using a podcast service, sadly, no links. So go to any of the other places and you'll be able to find it. This is, the Discord server is the best way to get your question read on the show. And I just checked. We don't have anything. We don't have any. But if you like Discord, if you like using Discord and you want to help us be better with Discord, go to our Discord and put in there that you're a Discord expert. And... Um, and we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you. We'll chat. We might make you a moderator even. Wouldn't that be neat? But from the TikTok live that we do whenever we record this episode, we got some questions. Sam. Yeah, we got some questions. Um, first off from uh, Dadaog234, uh, how old are you? I assume this came around when we were talking about your birthday. Oh, yes. Uh, I was 26. I'm currently 26. As you listen to this, I will be 27. Yes. And not that you asked, but I am also 27. Nobody asked. I know. But I need to feel special. Uh, Eric Sylvester, sorry, Aaron Sylvester 376 says, Hi. Hello, Aaron. Geeky, or G is, it's G-E-K-Y, 3-1, says, What is one character you built that you thought would be amazing but didn't really go as well? <laughs> um, the very first character that I made... <laughs> was a, a a rogue i made him a thief and immediately like within the first hour of playing him we only played one session of that game yeah within my first hour of playing him i realized ooh, i didn't really fully understand DD yet and i really wanted an arcane trickster and i was probably doing way too much and i ended up like falling out a window and like i i'm i'm confident that i ground that campaign to a halt <laughs> No, I, partially because I didn't understand D and D yet, and partially because the the thief subclass for the rogue is a fair bit underwhelming. I, might, I, I know why that campaign actually ground to a halt. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that in a future uh, future off mic. expose. Off mic. Well, it, it doesn't matter. But uh, that is one of my favorite stories, which we might tell <laughs> later on. Um, for me, uh, it was actually in the Star Wars. 5e game that uh, i play in um one of them what the the character i built uh was a scout which is a ranger equivalent and it had a um turret companion like a droid turret unfortunately and like as i was building i'm like oh these are really cool unfortunately uh it just is very limited in things it can do and actually basically just slows down the party and the action economy for it sucks which that star wars 5e is a is a third party i'm pretty sure they there's 
he's just doing it with Patreon money. Um, it's very good, but there's a lot of it, and sometimes things just get ground to a halt, and his droid classes are one of them. Um, so I ended up switching out how I played that character. All right, moving on. Next we have High King Smith, 16. Hello, High King Smith. High King Smith says, yo, you guys are awesome. And to that, I say, you're awesome, High King Smith. I mean... I don't know you. I'm going to assume that if you think we're awesome, you're at the very least pretty cool. Um, But I I would like to reserve my designation of awesome for a later time. And I hope you're okay with that and you can accept that, my lord. Yes. You're Uh, you're king, apparently, so I want to show the honorific. After we get to know each other better, uh, maybe we can... can, uh, Take uh, us out to dinner first. I was going to say, maybe we can uh, uh, have our daughter marry his son mm-hmm. or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Really create a good uh, good bond between our countries. Di- our daughter? Jester. Oh. Okay, I'm down for that. I'm down yeah. for that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Uh, he, he then says, bingo. Which I assume, because I looked at this when it was happening, is in reference to... Uh, sorry, just telling me there's a bunch of new messages. Anyway, I assume this is in reference to when I uh, described my categories of I take this for a build, I take this, uh, I give this as a player award, I don't take this. Bingo, bango, bongo. Maple, uh, May plus O Europe says Sorcerer Goblin raised by Tiefling Wizard. Thoughts? And then it looks like uh, he doubles down in on asks... Character is Goblin Sorcerer raised by Tiefling Wizard. Um, oh, he's got more. Maybe. I love, I love, I love, I love the uh, the playing off classical race uh, th- theme there. Goblins, not really spellcasters, uh, especially sorcerers, charisma ba- based casters. Uh, cool. Tiefling Wizard being a parent, I-, I assume an adoptive parent situation there. A lot of a lot of fun can be had there. I'm sure. I mean, I would argue that there's no bad character concept per se, especially now that the wizard is moving towards removing uh, the race based stat increases and just go to a floating two yeah. plus one. Uh, they are going to be much more effective characters than others, but I don't think there's any objectively bad character that you could well, make. Well, I mean, you could take all the feats that we said were bad. And be like, you could you could play absurd. Do you know about absurd? No. He's the uh, the character that uh, you just take one level in every single oh. class. That'd probably be pretty bad. But um, yeah, also, don't don't multi-class into more than like two or three classes, really. Also, yeah, the character your character concept you can make almost anything work. Just uh, you know, maybe don't maybe don't come to the table wanting to play a, a super edgy character or wanting to play a character that's not going to get along with the party. Yeah. Unless that's the theme of the campaign or yeah. the one shot. Yeah. Be always be careful with edge characters, uh, edgy characters. Um, make sure to put on gloves. Mm-hmm. You don't want to cut yourself, um, literally or metaphysically. Yeah. But I will say, when you when you decide to do an edgy character, they do get very tiresome very quickly. It's a one-trick oh, yeah. pony. It's not nearly as much fun as you think it is. All right, moving on. Uh, Mr. D-N-D-Y-D-M says, where are you guys based out of? Cincinnati, Ohio. Well, the Kentucky the greater side. Cin- the greater we're, Cincinnati area. We're on the area. Kentucky side of, of the Ohio River from Cincinnati, but uh, I'm not going to tell you the city or, or the region, really. 
specifically besides the greater Cincinnati area, the greater Cincinnati area, south of the Ohio river. Mm -hmm. And then maple, uh, may plus O Europe re, uh, jumps back in and says, my character is a goblin sorcerer and is raised by a tiefling wizard. Yeah, we got that. Very cool. Cool. Not bad. No, maybe I'll probably won't build that same character. I'm going to build that exact same character, but better now. So, yeah. It that's, should be like that. That's, so. uh, that's, that's what we got on, on the Yield uh, TikTok chat. Well, uh, we do have actually 40 people in the chat right now. So if anybody no has, yeah, if anybody has any questions, please, uh, we'll, we'll bullshit here for a few minutes. Man, uh, the, cat, the cat has been just particularly misbehaved today. She was probably pissed off about being locked up in your room so much yesterday, just I'm, for... I mean, it was only like 8 to 3 in the morning. It was 6 to 3 in the morning. Oh, 6 to 3 in the morning. Yeah, I left here at 6. Oh. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. We're also over an hour and a half in, so we should probably... All right, well... Wrap this thing up. Tie it in a nice little bow. Uh, Thank you all for watching live on the TikTok. We're going to hang out for a bit, but... You're watching on a podcast service of your choice or the YouTubes. How are you doing that? How are you watching on a podcast service? This is a audio only. You'd be just staring at the cover. That's weird. Yeah. Don't do it. Stop that. Why are you no, doing no, that? No, 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 no. Continue to do that. No, no, and no. And give us your patronage and then give us a five-star review. Write us a review. Yeah. If you give us any, if you want to give us anything less than like four out of five, maybe just wait for us to get a bit better before you do that. Yeah. Maybe maybe go check out our, our drive through RPG yeah. and download our content there. Yeah, that is true. That is true. A hundred people to, have done that so far, which is shocking to amazing. me. Amazing. Um, we'll take that. We, we will take that. We we need to we need to get better, so we need people to download it and tell us. Exactly. Tell us exactly. their thoughts. So, Use it in your game. Play test it. We'll see you again in two weeks. I don't know what we'll be talking about quite yet. It might just be some ridiculous bullshit as per usual. We'll but, let you know. You can find out on the Twitter. We'll probably talk about it there a bit before we do it. And on the Discord, for sure. Yeah, pop in the Discord. Well, I think that's about all that I got I got uh, temperament for today. I'm very tired. Right, me too. And I have to go to work after this. Gross. So. Well, in the meantime, peace out.